Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Morning, everybody. Happy the smoke alarm you're about to hit. There it is in the hallway. Decided it needed a new battery at 3 a.m. day. And welcome to the news agenda with me, a very tired Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by the Mirror's Showbiz Editor Features, Jessica Bolton. Good morning, Jess. Hi, Susie. Lovely to see you this morning. Just about managed to make it through the night. Now, this is the People's Paper Review, so get into the comments, ask us your questions. We'll do our best to answer them for you. Those of you listening later on podcast will just have to find time to go out to the shed in the rain to look for a screwdriver so you can take the lid off and put a new battery in, won't you? So what have we got today? Well, the mirror has splashed on news that Russian-made missiles have landed on Polish territory, killing two people. It's worth pointing out, though, at this stage that Western allies are not rushing to blame Russia for it. And it may be these are parts of missiles shot down by Ukrainian air defence systems. Investigations are underway. But also on the front there. You can see a picture of perennially cheerful maniac Matt Hancock. And inside, on pages 12 and 13, it explains why. Now, the relatives of many of those who died in the pandemic clubbed together to pay for a plane to fly over the I'm a Celebrity jungle camp for two hours yesterday, bearing the message, COVID bereaved, say, get out of here. Jess, do you think this will dampen his mood at all? Can anything dampen this man's mood? I hope so, but he seems to be completely, I don't want to say oblivious, I think he knows what people think of him, but I think he seems to have deluded himself a little bit that he's going to go into this programme and come out and all will be forgiven. Um, That may have worked with some actual celebrities in the past who have needed a little bit of positive PR, but... It's a completely different story with someone like Matt Hancock, isn't it? I mean, he was the health secretary during a pandemic who broke his own lockdown rules. Yeah, and it's, it's recent. It's not It's not like it's five, ten years ago, like you no. know, Roy George's conviction for assault, which is sort of grim enough him being in the jungle, but Indeed. very, very raw. It's very raw. And, and uh, for the families out there, I mean, it... it there's been a lot about oh okay he he fell in love with his Gina uh, who's just flown out there to be with him his uh, his mistress now girlfriend uh, Gina I'm gonna I'm gonna try it D'Angelo um, and she's just arrived there now he was talking about this in the jungle oh I fell in love I couldn't help it it's almost like. He, he's not really fully understanding the severity of what he's done, which is shocking considering the scandal that came after it. It's less about, oh, you've fallen in love. What about the people who were married for 50 years who could go and see their loved ones in hospital? Mm-hmm. You know, what about them? They were in love as well. You know, they didn't feel like they needed a quick grope in the office breaking lo- lockdown rules. Well, uh, 
And regardless uh, of, of whether or not you've fallen in love, um, yeah. the love you have for, for a partner is it, conditional. It's conditional upon their good behaviour, usually. Um, whereas the love for your children, and quite often your spouse, is fairly unconditional, right? You, you would do anything for your children. And Matt Hancock, with what he did, betrayed his family as well. Was, as indeed. But on, on a personal level, there's that as well. And let's not forget, because there's been a lot of attention on Gina and what he did there with breaking the rules. But let's not forget he was also involved in the PPE crisis. I mean, the shambles that, that was the PPE and not having enough of it, not having the right stuff. He was involved in that. He was also involved in the decision to release 25,000 untested people from hospitals into care homes with as I say, untested, without the testing, which was found to be unlawful by the courts. Now, I mean, to be honest, that strikes me as something that's even more severe than what happened with Gina in the breaking and the hypocrisy of breaking the rules. And yet here he is on a primetime ITV show trying to uh, win us over by, you know, messing about with a few cockroaches. I'm not buying it. I'm please the COVID families are not buying it. Um, and I'm very shocked that anybody is. And But and sadly, people are. Well, let's see, shall we get into the comments? Ask us your questions. Thank you for that lovely lead in there, Jess. Do you believe that Matt Hancock should be in the jungle? Do you think better of him for having seen how he's handled himself in there or during the trials? Do you think find it offensive? Have you refused to watch? Get into the comments and let us know. Julie says, get a grip. I lost two family members to COVID between March 2020 and April 2021. Do I blame the government? No. Obviously, Julie blames COVID there. Um, but there are going to be some people who perhaps whose relatives were in care homes uh, and someone untested from hospital came in there and managed to brick, contract the virus, bring it in, who perhaps either think that's just fate and it was going to happen anyway, or who do blame the fact that they may have lost a few months with their loved ones that they could otherwise have had by taking them off a little bit quicker. Um, we'll just have to uh, find out, won't we? Let us know in the comments. But this is sort of the issue, isn't it, Jess, that, you know, I'm a celeb is about taking public figures, whether mm. they're loved or loathed, whether it's Katie Price or... Oh, I can't think of any others, you know, the, the other people that we've had in there, um, putting them in the jungle for us to torture a bit mm. and maybe mm. redeem themselves if they if they carry on well. You know, Tony Blackburn, beloved. Uh, mm. Rona Cameron, um, who no one really knew at the time, but did quite well in the jungle. Uh, you know, it's sort of a bit early, really, for Matt Hancock to do any of that because he's got a public inquiry still to come in which he has to give evidence mm. on oath and that's why we're seeing some of the anger that we've seen although Julie obviously doesn't feel it why some people say they're switching off because it, it isn't really appropriate right now for him to be in there as a, as a figure of fun and to be making light of the whole thing mm. well, I've watched it a few of them and it doesn't seem very entertaining to me compared to previous years in fact it seems to have sucked something out of the camp a lot of the fun a lot of the I don't know, the sense of exploring public figures and what their characters are like, it's just sucked that out because him being in there is just this huge gravitational gravity well and everyone's being so serious, aren't they? It's, I mean, you think it's like, like previous years or is it different? 
I, I, I totally agree. It, I don't think it's quite as expected. When you first saw the lineup before Matt Hancock was announced, uh, you expected there to be quite a lot of fireworks. I mean, you've got some great characters in there. You've got Boy George. I expected him to be, you know, bring a lot of drama and stuff like that. But it feels a lot more like people have been quite muted. The fact that I, I at least expected Boy George to have had a stand-up row with Matt Hancock by now, putting the world to rights. Maybe he has, and we haven't seen that in the edit. But, I mean, so far, we've had him crying a little bit in the in the Telegraph uh, hut thing, and, and then we've had him going, he's very hard to warm to. Well, that's not really primetime drama, is it? Um, I mean, it's... it's <laughs> I, I, I am thinking that perhaps they might have made a miscalculation with this because, yeah, like you say, it sucks out uh, any element of fun because if you are being funny and flippant about this as a celebrity that's in there with him, then you're going to be the one paying price for that. That's not going to do you very well. So I think everyone's very mindful of how they're going to come off in that camp with Matt Hancock, who is such a toxic figure and a divisive figure. I think in a, in a different slight makeup, we'd be talking about how lazy boy George is being mm. more than we perhaps have done. And I think maybe they put Charlene White in there, the Channel 5 newsreader, in the hope that, you know, a journalist and a politician, they'd be grilling mm. him or something. But they've, again, they've slightly misjudged it because, you know, a, and I think perhaps a print journalist or someone who's a news reporter is going to do, even on TV, is going to do more of a job of that than someone who is frankly, a presenter. I mean, she did come mm. up through reporting, but Charlene is a presenter and she's she's used to asking fairly nice questions to get the answer as opposed to really going after someone. That's not mm. happened. Um, now, Mike says that, you know, has he mentioned dyslexia yet? Not that anyone's seen Mike, but, um, you know, that may well be in the edit, of course. And I'm sure Matt Hancock will come out and say, well, I mentioned it loads. They just didn't put it on screen, I promise. Uh, and then he adds, you know, producers have ruined their own programme in the chase for publicity. I'm no celebrity, but I'm out of there. I'm not watching it again. Part of this, I think, as well, Jess, just being cynical, is that the producers mm. trying to find ways to get people to phone up the premium rate phone lines, aren't they? Mm. And they know if they get, I'm sure they ask Boris Johnson, you know, oh, and if they can get someone like that in the camp and everyone's just dial, 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 dial in order to punish them. That's that's main reason that he's in there. It's not to redeem him. It's... It's to to put some money in their pockets, isn't it? Well, of course. I mean, they're there to put on a show, an, an entertainment show, and obviously bring in the money, um, which obviously it brings in a lot all the time. Um, however, I, I do I do agree uh, with with him there, uh, saying I I do think that perhaps they maybe miscalculated this in terms of how people would react to it. Um, there has been a very disturbing um, sort of move towards some younger generations. Apparently, he's very big on TikTok with a lot of people saying that they quite like him and actually fancy him, which is actually, I can oh. bet the words, Susie. Oh. Say the words. Oh, they came out of your mouth. I know. And I was just like, I'm, I'm absolutely shocked and dismayed from the younger generation that are saying this. Because, again, it's making light of a situation where this is not a figure who's had a scandal 25 years ago, as you rightly say. Or this is not a figure who's, I mean, let's remember, Carol Thatcher won I'm a celebrity way back. Her mother was a divisive figure. You know, she, wasn't. she hadn't gone and done anything that 
she hadn't done anything. But what I'm saying is her mother was a divisive figure. She won, she won the thing. But, you know, at, at that time, it was a long time prior to that beforehand, you know, and then there was sort of like people got behind her, whatever, you know, whatever has happened since. But this, like you say, we're talking about this was like, what, 18 months ago? maximum you know we're still going through the effects of the pandemic all those people working in the nhs all those people that having to work without the proper ppe all those people in the care homes who are currently wondering how they're going to pay for anything because they're on such low wages and been offered such measly rises um it it, it, it it's sickening that this guy's been given a platform yeah really, She's got a question. When will he be criminally charged along with the rest of the British establishment? Any chance you can give thoughts? The reason usually that you have a public inquiry, Sandy, is because there is a possibility of lawbreaking involved and that, that's being done to gather some evidence and to force people to account for themselves. And sometimes they're held when um, it's not necessarily you haven't you can't definitively prove someone's broken the law, but they've definitely done something wrong. And you want to haul them over the coals and maybe look at whether or not the law needs tightening up. So the final report of a public inquiry will suggest, for example, some sort of legislation or perhaps, you know, police charges. Who knows? So those things might come at the end of the public inquiry. But public inquiries do last years. Um, and he obviously wanted to be a celebrity before he got to that point. I think that's probably what will happen. Um, I doubt whether he's going to be criminally charged uh, because I suspect some of the, the worst decisions were probably actually acted, enacted by people lower down. Um, and politicians have a great way, as he's already told the camp, of pivoting and making sure that the blame goes somewhere else. Um, but finally, and I sort of suppose... Well, not quite finally, but there's also revealed in there that he's not going straight back to his constituency either. Mm -hmm. Poor old people of West Suffolk. Uh, on his way in, he vowed the moment he was out, he'd go back to being an MP. But now his girlfriend's flying out there. The first eviction's on Friday. And generally, Jess, they hang about, don't they, in a five-star hotel for a few days, giving yeah. interviews, posing for pictures, and then going back to the camp for the final. So the suggestion is that's what he's going to do. Do we know if he is definitely going to get another week's jolly out of it? We don't know for definite yet. Nothing's been confirmed of whether he's definitely going to be staying till the very, very bitter end. But usually that is what happens. You're correct. They go back to the hotel. It used to be the Versace Hotel nearby. Very, very nice. Um, you, you were lucky if you got voted out first, to be honest. You get the money. You get to spend a week in the five-star hotel. Uh, living it up, you go back for the wrap party and the final. Um, it's very uh, the fact that his girlfriend's only just arrived in Australia, which let's face it is not a quick hop across the uh, channel on a flight, is it? Um, would suggest that he's intending to do the full show, uh, but at the moment it has not been 100% confirmed because we don't know when he's going to go out. Although it's most likely he'll be f voted first out, you never know, there might have been enough of an upsurge to keep him in there, or the feeling might be. Uh, that we keep him in to torture him a little bit longer or people will just assume that everybody else is voting for him so they vote for somebody else because that often happens so we don't know until Friday which way it's going to go but I, I suspect I, if you're in West Suffolk I wouldn't expect to be ringing your constituency office and getting Matt Hancock on the phone on Saturday morning or Monday morning I doubt I think it's still on the plane although I, I would love to see his inbox 
when he finally gets out and logs onto his email. Uh, now, keep asking us your questions. What do you think about him staying there for an extra week? Do you think that's part of the contract that he would have signed? Uh, do you think he should be going back home to deal with the constituency matters? Do you think he can handle that quite easily on email and over Zoom? Uh, we're in a brave new world now. Perhaps that's what he can do. Sandy says there's no COVID amnesty for anybody, politicians, TV personalities or anyone else. Um, first, finally, before we move on to the next story, Jess, I suppose this is sort of the problem with politics, isn't it? They, or politicians, they think it's about being a celebrity, about mm. being loved. And mm. we think it's about actually doing stuff that's good or useful. You know, we don't ask the same of Boy George. And yet... No. Here's Matt comparing himself to Boy George, putting himself in a popularity contest with Boy George and Sean Walsh and Mike Tyndall. They're going, you all have completely different jobs. Yeah, completely different jobs. I mean, this just goes to show how much his presence there has overtaken the show because we've barely talked about Mike Tyndall. First first royal member in in the jungle and and we're barely talking about him because it's all been overshadowed um and you're right he's putting himself in that popularity contest which which is not what we want from our politicians if we wanted our politicians to be celebrities then you know actually we actually get to vote for the celebrities on here we don't actually get to vote for the prime minister in the last two you know so (laughs) what it's a very very bizarre situation and let's not forget he's already filmed celebrity sas as well so he's already got another reality show in the bag that we're going to see him on where he'll be talking again about his quest for redemption and the way he's been treated and 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 the perceptions of him out there well i'm sorry sometimes the perception is just what people see and that they're seeing what is there yeah and he's he's just He's bulletproof, he seems to be. He's got no mm. sense of self. He's got no self-awareness. He's got no sort of internal wobble or doubt. Um, and he's completely in denial about some of the things that have happened, it would appear, and who he is as well, what his purpose is on the planet, uh, mm. which is not being a celebrity last time mm. I checked. Uh, now, uh, we need to move on to some other stories. So uh, on to page two now, uh, and yet more leaks about the autumn statement, which is going to be made tomorrow. Now, they've been flying a lot of kites to see what would work here. And here there seems to be some cost of living payments to those who are most in need. For example, those on universal credit, tax credits or pension credits, you might get an extra 650 for about 8.2 million households to help you out over the next few months. But saying that you will help the most in need means you are not paying everyone who needs it. And Jess, it says here as well, there won't be any more of these £400 payments that everyone benefited from to pay for their energy bills. That did cost billions. Um, Mm -hmm. It was basically a bailout for energy companies as opposed to cash in anyone's pocket. But it does mean that millions more people are going to be hit with higher fuel bills after the winter's over on top of everything else. And some of those people, because they're not most in need, are more likely to be voting Tory, aren't they? Mm. Exactly. A lot of those people who are going to need it. You've got the people who are most in need, uh, the people that are likely to get this extra payment, there's supposed to be an extra 650 for those on universal credit, tax or pension credits, um, an extra 150 as well for those on disability uh, benefits. Um, and there's supposed to be an extra 300 for the 8 million pensioners already on the winter fuel allowance. Now, obviously, no one's going to begrudge people that need the money 
having the money. But the problem is, and and what some of the sort of charities and the and 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 the uh, sort of pressure groups around this have sort of pointed out that those that are just above that threshold, the sort of the what were called the just about managings, I think they were they designated as a few years ago. Uh, they're going to be harder hit. They're going to lose this four hundred pounds. They're not going to get a repeat of that, um, and then they're going to lose out on potentially hundreds of pounds that they could do with because let's face it everybody is really struggling at the moment this is a situation where it's not just those who are most in need everybody is more on the breadline than ever before so i think there's a very much danger that that sort of you know you're you're kind of sort of working class people there that are earning just a little bit too much are going to be very very hard hit by this and and there's going to be less support there for them. And like I say, no one argues. Everyone needs that money that's there. But I just wonder whether there's something a little bit more that they could have done rather than just axe this £400 again, which I know... A bit, you'd have thought, and be able to sort of shelve it off, people to get wealthier. Um, But it it does be an act of sort of self-harm in a way, politically, because Mm. these are people who are by definition, more likely to vote for the for the government and are less likely to be forgiving. Mm. That's it, I would have thought so. I think it's going to hurt them at the next general election for definite because a lot of people are going to be turning against them, especially older voters, people who are poor, mm. people on fixed incomes. You can protect the pension triple lock all you like, but if you're taking the money away with the other hand, it, they are it, going to notice it by the time it, there's another election. People are going to notice. Uh, one of the things that I did think was a little bit of a question mark over it is the the great £300 add to the winter fuel allowance, brilliant. Um, people need that, people there. But there's also the issue that there's a lot of people who are eligible for the winter fuel allowance who currently um, say, we don't actually need this, We don't, and they donate the money to other things. There has been a big movement in the last few years of people yeah. who are wealthy enough don't need that money, they donate that money, they give it to good causes, which is absolutely fantastic and wonderful of people to do if they are in that position. But that extra £300 is being suggested to go to the 8 million pensioners who currently get that winter fuel allowance. So that will include those people who are currently already saying, we don't need that money. Thanks for giving it to us. Thanks for including us. We're going to pass it on. That's um, I'm not saying we don't give it to them, but perhaps there's another system there as well that should be looked at because that's extra money which is being given to people that are already saying they don't need it. Is there a, is there a situation there? Because there's somebody who's on, like we said, £100 too much in their salary to afford the other things and they can't afford to eat at, at you know at the end of the week or put the heating on um i mean when we see that it says that the obviously the the cap on uh, energy bills as well is changing um so it's going to go up to 3100 um which is a con- is an enormous amount for over a year when you think about how much of your how much of the average salary that chunk is yeah, exactly. Now, Susan says, I've not had the £400 which everyone's meant to have had. I live in a park home and pay my landlord my electric bill. With all the health issues that I have, I have to use more electric. Who I pay doesn't have a clue when the government are actually going to get it sorted, as most park homes are, have residents who are in the vulnerable bracket. Now, Susan, the £400 actually went to your energy provider. 
uh, it didn't go in anybody's pocket. So they are supposed to be taking like 60, 65 pounds a month off your lecky bill over the winter. Um, if your landlord is not passing that on, then let us know because they absolutely should be doing that. If they are charging you a flat rate uh, and somehow it evens out over the course of the year, that might be what's happening. Maybe they're charging you 40 quid a month for the whole year or something. Um, but, you know, that it should be that it's coming off your bill over the course of the winter. But, of course, your bill should be going up over the course of the winter. So it may just be it's not going up as much as it would otherwise do. But talk to your landlord about it, please, um, and make sure that you are getting the benefit of that £400 that's coming off in total. Um, and it, it is the case, though, isn't it, Jess, that we've got lots of people in this country who are on prepayment meters, um, who have to go and actually apply for a voucher and then come back and sort of do other things to get it. It's not a very easy system for getting this, whereas if they just paid everyone 400 quid, uh, it might actually help the economy and people would be able to use it to use their prepayment meters and everything else. People like Susan would have the money to pay for her electric bill. It's a, a lot of they've done it. A lot of this is going into, like you say, it's, just, it's the electric companies that are now, all the energy companies that are now being... Uh, told to give this money back to people which is you know they're also putting the bills up so it is all very it's not quite as cut and dry as 400 pounds in your pocket um i think some energy companies just to confuse things as well some are giving people a rebate to their to their banks some are taking it off their bills some are taking it off the bills over so many months some are taking it off their bills over like less months so it eats a lot for people to work out and make sure that they're getting what they're what they're due uh, and of course any situation where there's a lot of confusion um it means that a lot of people will probably be missing out Exactly. And I think we've just had an example of it. So I've just had a quick look for Susan. The Park Homes did have a warm home discount. All right. They had a scheme for 2021-22, um, but that closed. Now, they are going to they say here on their website, we're putting a link in the comments for you to see, Susan, and for anybody else, please share it, um, that where they're going to reopen it in September this year. And it was available on a first-come, first-served basis for permanent residents living in a park home who pay their lecky bills direct to the park site owner. But it was first-come, first-served basis. So there is um, a system here in which you can let them know, that's the link in the comments, that you want to know about this scheme. You can speak to your park site owner and ask about the warm homes discount and why you haven't been told about it and how you apply for it. If for some reason or another, you seem to have been left off or ignored so you need to start kicking up a fuss about it and i know you susan you can certainly kick up a fuss um but there's a link in the comments so that's how you let park homes know that you want part of that discount uh and unfortunately it doesn't seem to be applied to everybody but you do need to just go and uh rattle your landlord's box a bit speak to the park site operator and go where's my warm homes discount why wasn't i told about it etc if they if it was there and you never knew about it susan then even if they say the scheme's now closed and you can't have it i would suggest you you really kick the door down and go well i would have done if i'd applied for it but you didn't tell me so you've you've misbehaved and see where they get with that uh, do let us know now thanks for that jess thanks for your comments everybody and we're going to move on to some good news next uh, but do let us know what do you think about uh, matt hancock being in the celebrity jungle do you think he's redeemed himself do you think that's impossible 
uh, where do you feel about where the, you know, the government should land with the awesome statement tomorrow and who they should help? Those most in need or everybody in need? Uh, do we have to repay anything that we've already printed the money for? Because it's not like a current account. We haven't borrowed the money from somebody. It's our money. Um, so do we have to repay everything? Do we need austerity? I think we'll find out tomorrow, won't we? Uh, but first off, we'll, we'll try and answer some of those questions at the end. But first off, there is some good news in the world. We found it for you. And here it is. Now, Mohammed Bilal uh, thought he knew all about being paralysed. Uh, he was a neuro-urology surgeon who helped people maintain bladder function after they'd been paralysed. Every day he did surgery on them. But during the pandemic, he took up cycling to relax, and on a ride, a tree fell down on the road in front of him, sent him flying, and broke his back, unfortunately. Now, he is now paralysed from the waist down. But quite amazingly, uh, this... Uh, like I said, he's a surgeon from the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham, and he's returned to work in a special wheelchair, which enables him to keep operating on people who are just as paralysed as he is. The chair actually sort of stands him up, even leans him over the patient uh, with, by bracing him in with his legs. So, Jess, is this proof that there is literally nothing that can stop you unless you let it? Or is it evidence of what I always said, that too much exercise is very bad for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it, we we say it's a good good news story. I mean, obviously, it's it's amazing. It's amazing what he uh, did. He did his very first operation in the new care yesterday. Um, I think it was a three hour operation. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, he's only forty eight. He's a young dad. Um, the fact that he's he's still being able to have his career because he's obviously a very talented top of the top of the um, top of his skills uh surgeon there is brilliant and and nothing it you know should stop or stand in your way of, of being able to do this i mean the fact that he's paralyzed he can still use his hands he can still do the job at hand so i think it's absolutely fantastic that they found a way that he can still work in his job uh i, I just think it's, it's a terribly sad story um and and I, I mean his description he seems so he was so stoic when you read this um about what happened he was just saying he was going along the road taking this you know to calm down after the pandemic cycling along and he said he could see the tree falling and see that he wasn't going to make it and just and he knew immediately what had happened because that's what he deals with day in day out. So I mean, crikey, it's it's awful story, but it's really wonderful that he's still being able to keep his career. Exactly. And in the pull, have a cough, Jess. In the <laughs> in the pull quote on the bottom there, he says, everything I've been through has made me a better doctor, which I think is a fantastic attitude to have to everything. Um, and I I think as well, it's it's worth pointing out that perhaps if they. Can do this for a doctor who needs to carry who is so important in his job that he's needed because of his skills to carry on carrying out um bladder surgery on the paralyzed that perhaps they can do it with other people who are paralyzed in other jobs and walks of life so that everyone can keep on working keep their brains active and actually still be contributing to society rather than just left to rot which sadly so many people who become disabled are but um thank you for that jess uh thank you everyone for taking part now prime minister's questions is later on today i think that's on this channel if you're listening on podcast please leave us a review so other people can find us uh, and i'm going to go and get a screwdriver now uh, and try and fix that smoke alarm there will be no news agenda next monday 
because I'm going to be covering the Plutonium Jubilee commemoration for nuclear test veterans at the National Memorial Arboretum instead. But we'll see you again this time next week, next Wednesday, for another edition of the News Agenda. Tati bye, everyone. <laughs>